Good morning. This is the Wisdom Seekers Sunday School class at the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And my name is Nancy, and I'll have our lesson today. And um, we'll just open with a word of prayer. Father, we're just thankful that we can be in your house today. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity that you give us to um, present what you've uh, shared with us. And I ask, Father, that just that our hearts would be open and that you would just, uh, Lord, as I open my mouth, that you would fill it with what you have to say. And we just give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. First, <clears throat> excuse me, let me get my readers. <laughs> Can't do much without those anymore. Okay, um, the title of my lesson is, <clears throat> excuse me, Hearts Established with Grace. And uh, in a morning devotion, I ran across this scripture one morning, and, um, and it really stood out to me. And so I thought, well, I'll just, just take a look at that further. And um, so that is how this lesson came to be. Uh, hearts Established with Grace not just from the aspect of salvation, but from the aspect of what we've come to understand grace to be through the Father's revelation, and that being the element of the Spirit of God that continually leads us upward, lifting us from our current place in God to a higher place in Him. It's a forward progression that leads us into the new, and grace requires our investment because it's a progressive relationship between God and man. And in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews, the writer addresses the Jews who had accepted Jesus as their Messiah, but who were in danger of slipping back into the traditions of Judaism. They were of an unsettling, distracting nature, kind of like a ship that's tossed by the wind, and they were contrary to the grace of God that fixes and establishes the heart. Strange doc doctrines kept their hearts always fluctuating and unsettled. And it's possible that they hadn't fully grasped that our understanding with Christ is based upon his grace, not upon outward observances, that they were accustomed to, such as eating or abstaining from meat. So looking at Hebrews 13.9, it reads, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Carried about here means to be led away to this opinion or that opinion. And there are many voices in the world today, but we have to keep our ears and our hearts attuned to only the Father's voice. Good here in this uh, verse is our familiar word, kalos, meaning beautiful and virtuous, representing the righteous purpose of God. Heart is the word cardia that, we, uh, that we're going to take a look at in just a moment. And then established is the word babayo, 
uh, that we're also going to take a look at in a minute. Um, and then grace, we've already defined as being the element of the Spirit of God that continually leads us upward, lifting us from our current place in God to a higher place in Him, a forward progression that leads us into the new, and it requires our investment because it's that progressive relationship between God and man. And then the last part of this verse says, Our hearts should be uh, not be established with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. So these Jewish Christians were in danger of slipping back into the traditions of Judaism rather than moving forward in relationship with God. And we know that uh, traditions can stifle our forward progression um, if we're always looking back. Longing for the good old days is not looking forward. And sadly, we know uh, from experience some who have turned back from a walk of grace. But Jesus says in Luke 9, verse 62, that no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So going back to the Greek word for heart, which is cardia, it's the word from which we get our word cardio, and it's the organ that is the center of the circulation of the blood. And it's also considered the place from which our thoughts and feelings come. In other words, our, our minds. So with the second definition in mind, I want to take a look at uh, several verses concerning our mind. Um, and the first one is Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Then Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So those things that we place value on, that's where our thoughts and our focus will be. So it's important, uh, the things that we allow into our minds and the things that we, uh, that we do put our focus on. Then in Matthew 12, verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So whatever we're filling our minds with, those are the things that we're going to speak about. And as a prophetic people, we know that everything begins with a voice, so we must be careful what we allow our, into our minds because that is what's going to come forth from our mouths. And if anybody has any comments, please feel free to speak up. <laughs> um, moving on to Matthew 15, uh, verses 8 and then 18. Thank you, Les. So thinking about, um, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's easy, I think, for us to, you know, when we think about, we have to be careful about what we allow in. Mm -hmm. I think when we think about that, we think about, um, you know, very concrete things, you know, 
I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that or I'm not going to watch that TV show or, you know, things of that nature. <clears throat> but I think that the enemy is so much more subtle right. than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows, you know, as believers, you're not going to do certain things. But there are certain things that um, that we have to be cautious about. That not um, They may not be specifically wrong or bad, but right. fixating on them or, or, you know, spending too much, devoting too much of your time towards that versus the things of the spirit or study or prayer or whatever. Um, it's those subtle things that you really have to be cautious to not allow to occupy um, too much of a chunk of your, of your time, right. I think. Mm-hmm. Very good. And, you know, sometimes... W- we are careful, not sometimes, we try to always be careful what we allow, you know, our ears to hear, or our eyes to see. But a lot of times we're being conditioned without really realizing it just from, you know, the things we hear in the news or things we do watch on TV that might seemingly be innocent but there might be an underlying message. And so I think sometimes that um, especially the kids are being influenced and being conditioned to believe or to think a certain way that, you know, we wouldn't think um, because something might look innocent. But there might be an underlying uh, message that, you know, we don't see immediately. When I look at this verse, I see the word good and evil so to me that's the purpose of god and then the twisted purpose Mm -hmm. and um i i'm not saying that you know you can go around you know watching heinous things and you know being uh well if you do that you're not really participating in the good anyway so i mean it's going to speak of anything but to me when it says to speak of good things for out of the the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks the good is the purpose of God it's the plan of God so if you're not submitting yourself to what God is saying for you you can also be entertaining things in your life that maybe are unreal unrealistic expectations you're wanting something to happen that you know that God doesn't have for you but you become bitter over that Mm -hmm. you can ruminate over a lot of things that are just personal likes and dislikes right and they can become the thing that really take you off course because often, if, even if I'm watching a show that I really like and something wacky they say or do, I reject that immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I consciously say, or watching the news, I'm like, not. I don't listen to that and just go, hmm, that, that could be true, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, there are some really definitive things that you can look at, like seeing the devil with horns and a porch fig. A porch fig. <laughs> um, he has those two. Um, there are the things we, you know, we're not readily <laughs> acquainted with, the porch pick. But the pitchfork, we see that, and we reject that because it's, you know, it's evil that is so obvious. Right. And so what you talk, when you were talking about the subtle things, to me the subtle things are the, the rumination of your own mind that, that really is what takes you down the wrong path, mm-hmm. which is why the commune with the Father and really submitting to the plan of God you know, that you're on this path, the place you're at, you have to trust. You have to trust where God has you, no matter what it looks like. 
Yes, there may be some great things that are coming, you know, in 10 years or even 20 years, whatever God's plan has. But until Mm -hmm. then, you're still walking the right path. But if you don't think you are, then over time, the things you speak about can belie the bitterness or the disappointment or the dissatisfaction or whatever. And when you do that and someone else listens and they've been ruminating over that as well mm-hmm. i mean it's really disappointment is is something that for some reason people really love to talk about it makes them feel good to be able to share where they've been disappointed or right. where you know mm-hmm. this happened to me today don't we love to talk about that we so do. i don't know i i there's so many angles mm-hmm. to what this verse is really talking about yeah, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the definition of good being callous. Um, well, it's callous or agathos. I have not, well, I'm not, not sure seen it, but they both really do point to mm-hmm. what God ordains, what right. God is saying. Mm-hmm. And that's the good in in the in our um, our main verse in Hebrews. That word also is right. is uh, the callous and um, and speaks, you know, of our purpose. And so I was gonna, I'm going to touch on that in a few minutes. Good. <laughs> so for, to just say personally, over the last 20 years, if there was anything that was ever, I felt like highlighted for my walk in the Lord is him really dealing with the way that I view things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's always about you think you have an idea of what his word, prophetic word meant for you, and you you project that for your future or for mm-hmm. even where you are and it's not like that and you think you know these are all the reasons why i'm not getting what i'm supposed to have and you deal with that you know internally and the lord is just i mean if there's anything he's brought me to is the to accept where i am because nothing and no one can keep me from my purpose as long as i'm willing to do what he says right and so that means that wherever i'm at is where he's told me to be and you have anyone anywhere in the network, no matter how lonely, how solitary, or how you know desolate it may feel, that desolation is for a reason. Right. And so, you know, the purpose of God to, has really become to me accepting really where you are and how God is raising you up and training you for whatever that is, mm-hmm. and not try to project your own ideas about what that means for you. Right. Because it will be revealed, and it will happen. And it's time. That's exactly yeah. right. And nothing and no one can keep that from happening. Right. <laughs> and, you, you know, know, you know, this apostolic walk is a walk of patience. So um, we might not see something in a year or two or five or ten and, or even 20. But we, we trust that what God said will be. And so we just have to have that patience and stay on that path. Well, think yeah. about the words we got about wheelchairs and and all those visions about people mm-hmm. being healed. That was 20 however many years ago. Mm-hmm. What if we'd said, well, that didn't happen, so this must not be God, and we just quit? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, we really, I say we, and I really mean he, <laughs> he really had to take a step of faith to continue on the path, even though even the visions that we were shown in the initial days did not come to pass. And now it's been 20 years and still not come to pass. But I don't mean to be preaching this, but the deal about Joseph being in the pit 
God was with him there. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters. God has stayed with us, and that is all that matters. That's right. And that's that's really where your eyes have to be focused. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was there, but he was, like you said, he was where he was supposed to be, and the Lord was training him. Right. And but and his grace was with him. His grace has been with us. Have yeah. we really ever been without his presence or his grace? Nope. No. But none of those things that we saw in the beginning have happened yet. But we do know that, you know, dreams and visions are of God and that they will come to pass. Yep. So we stand, you know, in faith on, on that. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. Um. Matthew 22, <coughs> excuse me, 37 says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And then in Mark 6, 52, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. So um, to me, their hearts had not yet been established with grace. And then Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. <clears throat> and this kind of goes back to what you were talking about, Stacy, too, because, um, you know, as time passes, we have to continue to believe and not doubt, and um, just keep you know, believing that what the Lord said will come to pass. And then in Hebrews 3, um, starting with verse 8 and then skipping to 10, 12, and 15, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Then in Hebrews uh, chapter 8, verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. So by putting his laws into their minds and writing them in their hearts, this was an act of grace to establish uh, them as his people. And then again in uh, Hebrews ten sixteen and verse 20 as 22 as well this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and then James 5 8 be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And then 1 Peter 3, verses 4 and 15. 
But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of, of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And then um, the last verse regarding the heart is 1 John 3:19 and verse 21 as well. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So from these verses, we understand that it's not the physical heart that's being spoken of, even though our word cardia does speak of the physical heart. Um, but these verses are speaking of... Uh, the, our thoughts and our feelings and in other words our minds so now I want us to look at the word established Nancy yes sir this is the Lord <laughs> speak Lord your servant listeneth heareth I just wanted to make a comment on uh, the Hebrews verses that you just read um, Hebrews eight ten and Hebrews ten sixteen. <clears throat> it's it's interesting that in in Hebrews 8 10 God's the the Lord says I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and then two chapters later it says I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them so it's 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 he flips them and I think it's interesting that when we when we first began um, God was teaching things to us in our mind we were we were having a lot of uh, insights as to you know what what does this mean what does this mean and then it would be established in our hearts mm -hmm. and then as we grew in the Lord there were certain things that were established in our hearts that um, then we would we would communicate with our mind Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting I mean it I'm not explaining that very well but um, it's it's like you know our hearts our hearts were so active our spirit was so act it was activated um, for being open to the things of the Lord in a way beyond what we'd known mm -hmm. and I think anybody that was here in the in you know anybody I don't want to seclude people from the beginning to now but it was such an overwhelming thing that we were, we were having like doors of our of the of the house of our heart were being opened in a way that we had never known, and 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 from my recollection, while that was happening, the Lord was saying, "Okay, this is what this is, this is what this is," because we had to know. Here's what the Scripture says. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and for us to allow our hearts to be exposed, we had to make sure that we were just as good old kids growing up in the church. Things had to be established in our mind with of the word. But then as we progressed, those things became established in our hearts. Yes. And so when God began to move, God hid his word in our hearts that we didn't miss him. I think we need to be I think we need to be declaring that over all of us in our network in the days we're in, 
that we, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Um, but things that God has established are, are in our heart now. Mm-hmm. And then um, in, our, in our minds, um, he then builds off that. He writes, the mind is, the, mind, the, the laws are in the mind and they're written in the heart. And then the laws are in the heart and in their, then they're written in the mind. It's interesting. I didn't catch that when I read those two. Well, that is interesting. It is, and um, I, 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 I'm. I just wanted to point that out. I don't really have a. Thank you, because I, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that when I read those two, and um, you know, and our hearts are constantly being established with grace. I mean, it's that grace that. Because our hearts are constantly being filled and, and, and we're learning and we're growing and moving forward. And it's that grace, um, like Hebrews 13, 9 says, it's that grace that's establishing our hearts. And, um, and, and I think that's important to see. Nancy? I want to give a quick testimony. I was talking to Denise Anderson uh, when she was here for the seminar. And it was at the tail end of uh, Prophetic Presbytery. And uh, she was telling me that um, she's in the process of writing two books. And um, she said, uh, right now, I'm, I'm just kind of holding steady. I, I'm, I'm kind of resting right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've come to the seminar. But uh, she talked about how the Lord had been speaking to her um, about the importance of where she lives and her terio. And she said that uh, she went through kind of like her schedule when she's at home, when she's at her house. And she told me that the Lord awakens her at five in the morning. So from five to seven, she's in intercession in her home. And um, she said that the Lord made it very clear that she's, she's a friendly person and so she knows all of her neighbors well. And she said, the Lord talked to me about how this man over here would rise early to pray to Allah, you know. And so he was saying how you need to, you know, this is your terio, and you need to take authority, and you need to pray for this area and for God's will and God's purpose. And then I think she said from, uh, so it would be like 9 to 12, she said, um, then I study. I study the Bible. Um, I read a lot of the books that have been published in this house. And um, she says, then I'll have lunch. And um, she says, so I'm home. And she said, I'll go outside in the afternoon, you know, to get the, you know, the fresh air and all. And she says, I rake leaves. That's my job. And I started laughing when she said that. I said, you rake leaves? She says, I rake leaves. But she said, you know, I am confident in God. I know what my purpose is. I know what he wants me to accomplish in the course of a day when I'm here. And she said, you know, I just love, you know, being outside in the beauty and the nature of all that. But uh, I just saw this confidence in her that she knows what God has ordered her to do going forward and and she's retired and it it sounds very uh, straightforward sounds very simple but she's being very obedient because she said 
you know, I'm retired now. Why do I have to get up at 5 o'clock? Mm-hmm. But she said, I, I wake up. She said, I don't even need an alarm. I wake up and I get up and I pray. And she said, I feel very full and I feel very established for the whole entire day. And so I, I can see these scriptures about the heart and how, you know, she's, she's really at peace mm-hmm. and she knows what God wants her to accomplish. And, you know, I heard her talk about a few of those things, and I, I just really admire that entire family. I mean, they are the most disciplined family as far as, you know, the times they get up and, and spend in the Word and in prayer. And, and, and I told them this. I, I just really admire their family. They're a good example, you know, to all of us. And um, so... So now we're going to take a look at the word established. So, yes, sir. Go right. Go right ahead. (laughs) Extend you over and just have you preach the rest of this during (laughs) Sunday morning service. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, that verse. Let's see, where is it? Uh, Matthew 22, 37, the middle of the first page. Jesus said, you'll love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And, you know, there, there are people that in commentaries that debate back and forth what all these things mean. And we too easily equate our spirit with our heart. Uh, the spirit within us is God's. Mm-hmm. We're going to give that back to him when we die. Right. Jesus did. He gave up the ghost. We give, that's what give up the ghost is. So we have life, and it's, it's that partnership place. It's what's born again in spirit and in truth. You know, mm-hmm. in spirit, God gives us life, and he activates all these other things that he put in us. And <clears throat> the mind is the way we think. The soul is kind of our motion, mm-hmm. our soulish nature, you know. But the heart, I think, is really something else. It's what we determine we're going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, what, it's, it's the foundation of our spiritual commitment. And you know, so you commune with God's spirit. And what, what God, you know, you, you have to, your emotions are, are unpredictable. And a lot of people are really emotional. I don't mean to slam them. That's not what I mean. We all have emotions. But they're unpredictable. They can go up and down. Somebody says something kind of cruddy to you and your emotions rise up you know even if you've got them disciplined they're there and they serve a purpose they're they're good but it's like the heart which is what we're talking about here is the foundation of what we want our life to be in Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. and on the one hand we've got the spirit where we need to stay and commune with him and you know we need to keep praying in the spirit we need to keep communing with God in spirit. And then he opens his truth to us, those things that have not been seen before that were hidden that now are not hidden anymore. Mm-hmm. And through that then, we deal with the emotion, the mind, and the heart. And those three things, um, we, we, our heart needs to be, um, you know, the, the base of who we are as an emoticos people. Right. And our emotions can be used by God. And we need to keep them in check. And our mind, what we allow ourselves to think, what we allow ourselves to receive and perceive and 
how we deliberate in our thinking. We really need to discipline that because Jesus said that the mind is going to be at enmity with what the spirit wants to do. The mm -hmm. mind is the wild child in the house. <laughs> and, and so it will try to come against the heart. It will try to influence the emotion. And it, it'll, it'll snack on junk food all day <laughs> if you let it. But then again, the mind can be, a, when, when properly rooted in commune with God, and, and you're established on that foundation of the heart within you, the mind can be a great, a great tool in the hand of God. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when Jesus says this, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that really, and that's a takeoff of, of what's said in the Old Testament. But the thing that struck out to me, we're talking about, you're talking about the heart here, and I know that that's directed by God. We can't just, we cannot equate, and this smacks in the face of what a lot of people think, we can't equate the heart with the spirit. Mm-hmm. Because everything you're saying here about the heart is a natural entity. Right. Cardio. I mean, mm -hmm. you go to the, I don't want any of you to go to the cardiologist, but if you walk by, they're not talking about the spirit in there. Right. They're talking about what drives your physical body. Mm -hmm. And so the heart for us spiritually is what we say we're going to be. Mm -hmm. And it's the basis of our, of, of our spiritual identity. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's what God's going to, God's going to judge. He's going to judge our hearts and our emotions. They can be used by God, but they are unpredictable. So you got to, it's like energy and strength. You know, you teach a little kid what to do with their energy and their strength. Hopefully you do a good job of it. And a lot of what their problem is growing up is they've got so much energy and they've got so much reaction, you're continually trying to say, okay, you know, that's great about you. I love that. But when it gets over here, it's not so nice. <laughs> so you try, to, you try to align that. How do they think? How do they process? Mm -hmm. How, if they're led by their emotions, they're going to be hell on wheels. <laughs> if they're led by faulty thinking, they're going to go downhill. Mm -hmm. But you have a heart that you have to establish before God. But, but the spirit is something that God gives us. None of us would have life if we didn't have that. Mm -hmm. That's what's born again. And it activates our relationship with God. And then we pursue his truth with these other things. Mm -hmm. So if we don't understand that, then we're going to have a hard time understanding what all these verses are about the heart. Mm -hmm. Because the heart is really what you have determined before God you're going to be. Yeah. The mind should serve that mm -hmm. in conjunction with the spirit. And the emotions should savor. The emotions should taste. The emotion, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a lot of stuff you can taste. And some people that are on this diet or that diet, they're not going to taste stuff that they know is wrong. But when it comes to the spirit realm, they just think, oh, man, this is like a great, this is like a great uh, cafeteria. It's all food. It's all water. If you ever watch any westerns, you know, these guys are coming along and their horses are just kind of drifting and they're all, they're, they keep dipping their canteen over to show they don't have any water. And, and then they come down to this, don't drink that. It's poison or it's bad. 
and you see some old cow horn sticking up over here, some poor cow drunk. <laughs> well, the water's water. Let's just drink it. Well, all water is water, isn't it? Truth is truth. No, it's not. You know? So we we really have to... Why is God... Why did God share this with you today about our hearts? And, you know, the Spirit searches the hearts. Mm-hmm. And, and He's wanting to know what you have established as the foundation of your life. On the one hand, you have the opportunity to seek God and to know him in spirit and commune with him there. And then you come, you come. I don't want to say out of that, but you step from that mountain experience back into what's your heart doing, what's your mind thinking, and what's your emotion all over the place, you know? Mm-hmm. So why is God bringing this verse through you prophetically, this concept about the heart? I think that for many of us, who we are as a person in God is is being weighed in the balance and there are some that are possibly being tempted to sell that off for a bag of beans Mm -hmm. but God um, I, I believe this is of the Lord in so many ways and and I just I speak as you continue this over our hearts that they would be established you know, the Bible talks about establishing your heart. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to do. It's the, it's the, it's the footstool. It, it's really where the imprinting of honor is. When people look at you, what do they see? What, what is the base? What's the imprint on you? Because mm-hmm. that's where the, God's feet are going to rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway. And while you were talking, it made me think, you know, in the very beginning, we... Um, when we would hear a new revelation, a new a truth that was uncovered, um, our spirit would receive it. We would bear witness with that. And we knew that it was true, and we knew that this was the path we needed to take, but our minds might not have received it yet. So, you know, as we prayed and as we studied, then the Lord was faithful to establish our heart with our spirit with his grace and establish our heart so that it was not at enmity with our spirit and um so i i just thought about that when you were speaking yes sir um touching on that and going back to hebrews eight ten, you know as we're growing up we're constantly learning we go to school they give us all these subjects math algebra whatever and until we develop a passion for it in the heart mm-hmm. you know we learn it with our minds but until we develop a passion for it you know it's just there and knowledge in your mind it eventually fades away True. but once we it becomes a passion and it grows whether you go on to math or science or the lord true that's a good point rick thank you Yes. Your emotions or your perceptions you And so that's why it's important to keep those things in check and and not let our emotions, you know. I mean God made us God gave us our emotions, but we have to um we we have a lot of times we do have control over that and we have to, you know, keep that in check and and um 
and let the Lord uh, help us there with that, with our emotions. Nancy, just one last thing. To be established in grace is really the important factor that you've actually brought to the forefront because the grace is really the walk. Mm -hmm. I mean, being a, your heart being established in grace means you've accepted the walk, the relationship, and where God has you at any point. I mean, that's really what partnering with grace is, is grace and supplication. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that God's asking you to do, and you're committing yourself to it. You're absolutely you know, pouring your investment and everything you are into that point of grace that he's provided. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that that's actually your signature verse, being established in grace. Yeah. Our hearts, our passion, what Pastor has said regarding what the heart really is equipped to do, mm -hmm. our identity, who we are saying we're going to be. Right. We're using that in that pathway of grace. Right. And, um, you know, that verse says it's a good thing that our heart be established with grace. And um, like we were talking earlier, it's the righteous purpose of God that our heart be established with grace. And uh, so that's where we're leading to right now. <laughs> So I put the, um, and, and it was because the, the Jewish Christians back then, you know, they, they tended, they, were, they had a tendency to fall back on their traditions, and that was what the writer of Hebrews was trying to say to them, you know, that their hearts needed to be established with grace and not with uh, the traditions that they had known. And, you know, we've let go of a lot of tradition, and thankfully, because otherwise we would still be stale and, and set back in our ways of, of those things, but we've built off of the foundation that the Lord laid for us up until 20 years ago, and um, we built off of that, and, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I put the dictionary definition of establish in here uh, because it had some good things that also aligned with the Greek definition, um, but it means to, um, in the Dictionary, it means to found, to institute, to build, or to bring into uh, being on a firm or stable basis. And like Pastor was saying, are the basis of who we are. Um, it means to install or settle in a position, a place. It means to show to be valid or true, or to prove, to establish the facts of a matter. And um, being in a law firm, when a lawsuit is filed, uh, as a part of the, the very first part of um, of a lawsuit, that, that first part is called the pleading process. And in the pleading process, the parties are um, required or instructed by the judge to file what's called a summary judgment motion. And in that summary judgment motion, they state all the facts to prove while their, why their claims against the other party should be d dismissed or um, if it's the plaintiff uh, filing his summary judgment motion, they want to establish uh, why a judgment should be rendered against the other party. Um, establish also means to cause to be accepted or recognized, to bring about permanently or to establish order, um, to enact, appoint, or ordain, 
for permanence as a law fixed unalterably. And then the Greek definition is, uh, the Greek word is babayo, and it means to stabilitate, to become stable, constant, steady, calm, and to make sure. And um, as I was reading um, these definitions of the word established, I was reminded, Monica, if you'll allow me, uh, to use you as an example, I was reminded of your testimony last Sunday morning, and you testified that since the Great Grace Seminar, that you feel settled. You feel settled inside. And I think that's um, a part of this being established, your heart being established with grace. And I thought that was a, a great example of what we're talking about today. And then... Um, with established meaning to, to prove its truth and divinity, uh, it's translated in this next verse as um, forms of the word confirm and establish, or these next couple of verses. Mark 16, 20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Establish means to make good the promises by the event, in other words, to, to fulfill them. And Romans 15, 8 says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises unto the fathers. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 6 to 8, Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye, become, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second um, Corinthians 1, verses 20 to 22, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ hath anointed us, is God who hath also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. And then in Colossians 2, 6-8, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And then Hebrews 2, verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which is at the first, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So babayo comes, or babayo comes from the word babayos, meaning um, to be stable. It's the idea of basality, to be stable, to be firm, of force, steadfast, and to be sure. It means to be unshaken and constant. And we find the use of this word in Second Peter 1.10, and this is something that Pastor has recently taught on, and that is making our calling and our election sure. And that's 2 Peter, which says just what I said, <laughs> to give diligence to making your calling and election sure. 
Then Philippians 2.5, going back to the mind, let this mind I'm sorry, I, uh, yes, I had, <laughs> I had some things in parentheses here, and it threw me off. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so um, the word for mind here is phroneo, I suppose, um, and it means to exercise the mind or entertain or have a sentiment or an opinion. Um by implication to be mentally disposed more or less earnestly in a certain direction intensively to interest oneself in with with con in with concern or obedience so um, this is what we were talking about earlier that uh, be to be careful what we allow uh, our minds to think about what we allow in to our our minds Matthew 24, 24, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So our hearts must be established with grace, continually progressing forward in God and in our relationship with Him, so that we are not deceived and that we remain faithful. And then, finally, uh, I listed a few warning passages, um, beginning in Matthew 24. Verses 4 and 24. And Jesus answered, or maybe it's just 4. Anyway, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. And in verse 24, for there shall arise false Christ, as we've just read, um, false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Then Acts 20, verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. And we experienced this early on. Um, as ones who left tried to draw away others with them. And then if Ephesians 4.14, that we henceforth be no more, no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Colossians 2.4 and 8, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. 1 Timothy 6, verse 20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Jude 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Acts 20.32. And now, brethren, I commend you in God, to God and to the word of his grace, which is 
able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And then the last verse, 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So the writer of Hebrews is admonition is not only to the Jewish Christian but to us as well because it is the righteous pur purpose of God that our hearts or that our thoughts and our feelings um, in other words our minds be established to be steadfast in God's truths continually progressing forward in him so that we are not deceived so um, I just pray that this was uh, something that would just remind us to be constantly aware of what we do allow in our hearts and in our minds so that um, and, and as we pray and our spirits are in communion with the Father then those things that do come, try to come against us we immediately recognize you know and, and, and keep that thing at bay Stacy, did you have a well, comment? Well this word is is really amazingly put meaning the timing of it is just you think about where we're going it must mean that these are things that we're going to have to contend with personally especially in these last days and um, it's really been a salient word I mean very to the point and succinct and if you look at just these the warnings basically there's such a pattern and um, the, when you define the mind as being something that you already have a predilection toward, mm -hmm. that means that leaves you vulnerable to a certain message that something or someone might bring because mm -hmm. maybe it is something you're dealing with personally and you think that when you hear it that they're providing an answer that you're not currently getting where you're at. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the fact that um, signs and wonders, the they're going to appear to have wisdom and, and a philosophy that um, expands your mind and you know there's here here's the thing you come down to these last passages and they really are you know for us our marching order that we have to be commended to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build us up and give us our inheritance and then the next one is what you've heard here this is what you follow if you hear other stuff you got to say no to that right you know it's the whole mother saying so if someone else was jumping off the cliff you're gonna would you would you do <laughs> I mean that sounds so obvious mm -hmm. but not to a kid because the kids do follow what other kids are doing because they think oh that sounds fun or cool and I want to be part of something really cool and exciting listen in that way we can be just as immature you know to follow something that sounds great but really it's just jumping off the cliff I mean you're really jumping to your death mm -hmm. you're putting your life in danger by following you know some crazy thing that maybe you hadn't heard before or it sounds exciting and we're gonna see signs and wonders and 
people who are very eloquent and have these philosophies that are very well spun. This is not going to be some Joe Blow on the back of a pickup truck from 1942 that you can't figure out. They don't know what's up. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why they're warned here. Yeah. They are false prophets. The spirit, the enemy, is not an idiot. He's intelligent. He was created by God. Mm -hmm. He had all the elements to be able to function on this earth on behalf of God. Right. So they're being empowered and given all the goods by that entity. So there's, it's going to be so subtle, as Les said. I mean, it's so subtle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's going to speak to a place in you. It's going to, it's going to, and talk about itching ears. You think, oh, I'm never going to have itching ears for something else. Listen, we all got an itch to scratch. <laughs> we do. That's mm-hmm. part of our journey, our, our walk. We, we have to submit those things. We all have places that we want to be touched in some way because we feel like we're lacking there or something. Right. And God's causing that lack because he wants that place to be submitted to him. And he's going to restore it. He's going to bring glory to it. He's going to you know, do the thing he wants to do. But if we try to get that scratch itched some other way, see, there where that's where the deception's going to come in. Right. And that's why it's so important that, you know, as we be, um, be more aware of what we allow into our minds and, and the things that affect our feelings and those things, that's why it's so important that we stay in constant commune with the Lord and, you know, pray in diversities of tongues and so that, you know, our spirit, when, when something from the outside tries to come in, our spirit rises up and says, no, that's, that's not right, you know, so that we know, so that we can, um, you know, face that thing down. I think there's one other element to this, and that is, I think we're vulnerable to people we know and trust. Mm-hmm. And even, let's say the network really expands. And we don't really know them that well, but, you know, you kind of find a commonality, but then they bring in something else. Mm -hmm. But have you heard of this? And this is also happening here and or whatever. So we have to be careful, too, with the people we're really allowing to speak into our lives. Right. Um, Truly, this is a day of being watchful. Mm-hmm. over our hearts that have been they had our hearts have been established in grace we have been walking this path for 20 some years and probably without a lot of outside influence for a reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he's saying you're about to be exposed and your heart being established you have to continue to walk on this path and you know pastor talks about this a lot when he says i'm not trying to say that well, he thinks, of course, this we're, this we're doing the best thing that can be done. And I agree. And he doesn't say it, though, in a prideful way. It's right. that my heart's been established in this word of grace that God has given me. I'm not going to go dabbling in other people's pots. Right. Or ponds or, you know, whatever. When you, when you have the best, why go looking somewhere well, whether else? Whether it's the know? best or not, it's what God's given us. True. Right. So to even, you know, remove any element of pride or elitism because it's not about that it's about this is the word that we've been given this is what we've been told to do we have to stick with that we have to be obedient that's right that's right and everybody has a calling and everybody's got to do what they've been called to do so if you don't feel like your calling is being fulfilled so you want to try to do it in some other way 
you're just heading for disaster because only God can bring about where he's planted you, mm -hmm. what he wants to do through you. Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry I became the lecturer today, Nancy. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I've been silent for many weeks, and I mean, I just must have been bubbling. I can't wake the bubble over. <laughs> well, I, I apologize. appreciate all the comments. And I preach, uh, thank you for the... I, I was going to ask you, Trish, if you had a comment. I have something. Oh, good. Stacy was talking about um, the fact that this is what the Lord has appointed for us. You said, you know, when you have the best, why would you search for anything else? And she said, well, it's whether it's the best or not the best, it's what the Lord has for us. Right. And it made me think about, I've been studying that um, scripture in, in um, Proverbs 30, 8 and 9 about feed me with food that's convenient for me. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give me more than I need or, you know, less than I need. And when you study that word, it talks about, um, it, it's it's a pre-assigned amount, or a a um, it, it basically alludes to the fact that you know the Lord says before you were born I knew you, mm -hmm. He has established your purpose before He before you came into being, and that word talks about um, this feed me with food convenient for me. It's as if He has chiseled it into stone what he has prepared for you so when you talk about feed me with food that's convenient for me you're you're essentially saying give me only that which you have carved into stone or imprinted into steel for me to fulfill the purpose that you have for me now the purpose that the lord has for me nancy may be different than the purpose the lord has for you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and the things that I might require to fulfill the purpose that he has for me are going to be different than the things the Lord has for you that he's etched in stone yeah. that can't be changed to fulfill your purpose that he's mm -hmm. appointed for you. And so that's kind of like when I, what you said, Stacy, whether, whether it's the best or not the best or whatever it is, the right, whether we, right. Well, the best is what he has for us. Right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you can't let your mind get in there and start thinking, well, I think that bigger is better. Well, maybe not. Right. You know, I mean, the Lord, sometimes he hides us, right? He puts us in the in the cleft of the rock or he puts us in the in the wall, you know, pulls out. There's a, a scripture that talks about pulling out a stone and placing you in there, kind of, you know, hiding you. And it, it doesn't matter whether we're in the limelight or whether we're hidden in a wall or in a cleft of a rock, because we don't really, we don't seek man's approval, right? We seek right. the Lord's approval. So this really has been um, a wonderful uh, topic, a wonderful discussion, a wonderful teaching. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I appreciate everybody's input. That made it, that made it what it was. So I appreciate it, and I'll turn this back over to Tammy.